Hey guys, before we get started on today's show, I wanted to give a little caveat that there may be some missing continuity between this week's episode and last week's episode. The episode that you're about to hear today, we actually recorded before last week's episode on hand washing. So if there's some stuff that we talk about that seems like we should have referred back to last week's episode, that's why we didn't. Also, we recorded this episode in person before we went into the shelter-in-place order for our area. So if it seems like we're breaking the rules, we are not. We want everyone to stay home and be safe and follow all orders and social distancing rules that have been issued for your city. Just wanted to let you guys know. Hey, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Today, we're going to tackle the age-old question. What's that? I thought we have tackled a few age-old questions already, like sky's blue. Yeah, okay, that's fair. We're going to talk about why orange juice tastes so bad after you brush your teeth. Ah, that is kind of age-old. That's like probably one of the newest age-old questions there is. Oh, 100%. Well, um, do you want to know the short answer for why? Yes, please. It's because of chemistry. Oh, okay. We'll see, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Yep, that's um, it. Like and subscribe. <laughs> so actually, this topic was another one from a listener from Mason K. Oh, cool. And I'm actually really excited. I realized how it related back to something else that we'd already done while I was doing it. I was uh-huh. on the couch with friend of the podcast, Nicole B. She's a friend of ours. Oh, yeah. And we were both working on stuff. And I said, oh, my God gosh and she said what and i said i'm not gonna tell you until the podcast (laughs) and you're like oh my gosh becky no i was not like that oh okay okay i was so excited when i realized this thing and so Uh i'll tell you guys about it so this isn't one that had a lot of the surprising twists and turns that i never am expecting i like twists and turns i'm excited it's like a thriller it is like a thriller like the whole time we're not gonna know are we gonna make it or not is he they him, her, are they going to make it? We shall know <laughs> to the very end. Well, you're going to make it and you're going to be excited by the end. I know it. Okay, good. Okay, before we can talk about the changes to the taste, we have to talk about the basics of taste normally. Okay. So taste is a result of the taste receptors on our tongue having molecules that fit into them. And we talked about that with what makes artificial sweeteners artificial. Mm-hmm. And how does carbonation have a taste or does carbonation have a taste? Mm -hmm. And essentially there are receptors on your tongue that can taste for sweet, bitter, umami, sour, salty. I think those are the ones. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. I think so. Anyway, they're for sure sweet and sour Uh and bitter. Oh, that's right. Bitter. So just taste as a general rule of those, you know, sweet, sour, bitter. We have those receptors on our tongue. Mm Mm-hmm. And the very basics of what happens with orange juice and toothpaste is just essentially orange juice has sweet elements to it, but it also has bitter elements. We Mm -hmm. can usually taste the sweet and we don't really taste the bitter. And when you brush your teeth, something in the toothpaste will block the sweet receptors, but then something else happens too. Mm -hmm. So it's not just blocking the sweet receptors, it's doing more than that. Weird. So we want to answer the question of what else is going on and what is blocking the sweet receptors. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So let's do that. 
So the thing that's responsible, crazily enough, for everything that has to do with taste in your mouth is the detergent in toothpaste. Okay. When we talk about detergent from a chemical sense, it's something that bubbles and froths. And mm-hmm. this one is called sodium lauryl sulfate mm-hmm. or also sodium lauryl ether sulfate. You can just call it SLS for short. Mm. And it has a long chain of carbons attached to a sulfur group. And its function is to froth and bubble and to move the toothpaste around in your mouth more efficiently. Okay. Okay. So that ingredient, I was like, interesting. I'm going to go look it up. (laughs) And I looked it up Uh and I found its structure very similar to soap. And I was like, that's surprising. It looks so much like the soap where it's got this long nonpolar group yeah, and the polar head on the other. Uh-huh. And for those of you who don't know what polar and nonpolar are, a quick review is just almost the elements involved in a molecule, the atoms, will have a tug of war going on. And if one pulls more of the electrons around it, it has poles like a magnet, plus and minus, positive and negative. Mm-hmm. And if they're equally shared, it's just neutral. There's no... None at all. Mm -hmm. And polar things like to interact with other polar things and nonpolar things like to interact with other nonpolar things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a quick review. If you want to learn more, go listen to our very first episode about soap. So I was looking that up Uh and I was like, wow, that's interesting. That has a very similar structure to soap. That is the moment that I said, oh my gosh, Uh I just realized the reason that Soap is bubbly and sort of foamy and frothy is the same reason that toothpaste is bubbly and foamy and frothy. Uh Got it. A big light bulb went on over my head. Yeah. Okay. So that was exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. And then I kept reading this sodium lauryl sulfate Uh SLS is an ingredient that naturally inhibits your sweet receptors. It just fits into them. So it inhibits them. But also there's a coating on your tongue naturally Uh of phospholipids, which are sort of like fatty molecules. Mm -hmm. And when you put essentially soap on top of essentially grease or fat, it breaks apart those phospholipids Uh and those phospholipids are a barrier to your bitter receptors. Uh So not only does sodium lauryl sulfate come in and it, inhibit your sweet receptors, mm-hmm. but it takes away the coating on your tongue that blocks your bitter receptors. That's crazy. I know. That's so weird. It that is we have so weird. A fatty layer on our tongue. Like, I mean, I, it kind of makes sense because you definitely feel like your mouth is layered with something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I just would not have thought about that. But then the soap coming in, soap-like thing mm-hmm. coming in is like, oh, duh, we know what happens with when that happens. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So if, you, if you're if you new as a listener, our very first episode is about soap and mm-hmm. how the molecules of soap interact with grease and fat molecules. And so you can go back and listen to that episode to find out how the specific function of the sodium lauryl sulfate interacts with the fatty layer on our tongue. So that doesn't quite yet answer the question that most of us have in our minds. Okay. Why isn't it called teeth paste? Instead of toothpaste. <laughs> oh no. I I don't think 
can chemistry help us at all there or I hate to say that chemistry doesn't apply there because it does apply to toothpaste. But I think people's choices of what words to call things maybe is out of the realm of my expertise. Mm, okay. <laughs> but chemistry is still for your life in and everything, just not in words, maybe. But maybe we could start calling it, let's change a few things, teeth soap. It's a mm, toothpaste. Yeah. So we're changing both like the making it plural because you're hopefully brushing more than one tooth. Mm-hmm. And then also we're calling it soap. Yes. Well, that's yeah, fine. So the sweet receptors are inhibited. Okay. The bitter receptors are basically exposed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And all of this is because of sodium lauryl sulfate, which is not even required to clean your teeth. It basically just helps it spread and be more foamy. So you can have clean teeth mm-hmm. with toothpaste that doesn't have this stuff in it. Oh, that is weird. Mm-hmm. So if you just brush your teeth with like, like old school baking soda or something, mm-hmm. would your tongue be okay with? With orange juice afterwards, yes. You can wow. get SLS free toothpastes now. Uh-huh. If you really want to brush your teeth and then drink orange juice. And then one dental website I saw said that you should not brush your teeth. Oh, wait. What did they say? You should not drink acid, orange juice, lemonade, whatever, and then brush your teeth because the acid weakens the enamel and then you're brushing it like scrapes it off. When I think about that, it gives me shivers. It's like nails on a chalkboard feeling to imagine your yeah. your toothbrush scraping off. So don't drink your orange juice and then brush your teeth. Drink your orange juice and wait 30 minutes and then brush your teeth or get SLS free toothpaste brush your teeth with that and then drink as much orange juice as you want afterward afterward got it mm-hmm. man that's interesting that's just so much weirder than i would have expected i, I honestly know. just thought that it was like okay toothpaste has a taste and it somehow affects your mouth and your tongue what you just tasted and it's pretty mm-hmm. strong i mean mm-hmm. even if you have like a mint mm-hmm. and then drink something else or whatever it tastes weird not quite mm-hmm. as bad obviously it's, it's right like, it's a very distinct feeling of the mm-hmm. toothpaste and then orange juice right but i just kind of thought like oh yeah you're having like a minty soapy like clean thing yeah and then a lot of things taste weird but orange juice is like whoa yeah very very weird and it mm-hmm. is so it stands out but yeah. there's a lot of things that i'm like oh, i don't really want to drink that or eat that because i just brushed my teeth and it's just gonna right taste less good yeah so i always thought it was just a taste thing like lingering taste of something nope. like toothpaste it's so much more man that is so weird it's so weird. It's so cool. Is it the time when I should try to explain it back? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I have for you is okay. just the basics of inhibiting and exposing and acts like a soap. Okay, so toothpaste is like a soap. Mm-hmm. It has, man, I already forgot what SLS is, um, sodium... Long chain. No, it does sodium. have a long chain. <laughs> Not of sodiums, of carbons. <laughs> What's the L? Laurel. Laurel. That's why I didn't remember it. So sodium yanny. What was it? No. Uh, sodium laurel sulfate. That sulfate. was a deep cut. I forgot about yanny and laurel. Okay, so it has that in there, and that's really just meant to foam it up when you start brushing, right? The SLS. Foam it up and help it spread. Help it spread. I mean, it's, yeah, it's obviously not just for decoration. It spreads. 
Um, that's why like a little bit of toothpaste can go a long way kind of thing. And it just, yeah, it gets everywhere just like soap. And so it gets all foamy and whatnot, but as a weird byproduct, Mm -hmm. the, is it the SLS as that is the same shape? It's a similar structure is what we'd say. Similar structure to, wait, wait, the sweet receptors or to the soap? Oh, I think... And this is something I didn't quite get uh-huh. enough information for my satisfaction. I'm not sure if it's shaped similar to some sugar molecules. So because it has these, it has some oxygens around it, it mm-hmm. can trigger those sweet receptors or what, but it just seems to bind to them and not let other things bind to them. Okay. So it's, it's the thing that kind of prevents our tongue from tasting sweet things for a little bit. It does. It does do that. Okay. The sodium lauryl sulfate is... Interacting with your sweet receptors in uh-huh. addition to the other stuff. Okay. And then, so that for one is already going to make something sweet that we drink. Say that was all it was. Mm-hmm. Might just drink orange juice and it might just have none of the sweetness to it or right. a lot less. Mm-hmm. But then also, so that's already one thing that would be noticeable for most of us. Right. Also, the fact, is it this the fact that it's a soap kind of thing that we're brushing our teeth with? Yes. Or also the SLS. That's both. No, the SLS is, the SLS does both things. Okay, okay. It's a, it's a two-time offender here. Exactly. Yes. Wow. The, this one ingredient is responsible for both of okay, the effects. Okay, So because it's, it's a type of soap like we learned about in mm-hmm. the first episode, and we have this layer that I did not know about on our tongues mm-hmm. that is like a kind of fat-like layer mm-hmm. that protects us from tasting some of the bitter um, flavors by by covering those receptors in some way. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that works either, but essentially it's a layer of phospholipids, the mm-hmm. fat-like molecules, where they have sort of a fatty... Isn't phospholipids what makes up cell membranes? I'm pretty sure it is. How did you remember that? Gotcha. Where did you pull that from in your brain? From, I had to take biology more times than I had to take chemistry. So the phospholipid bilayer. That's exactly right. Yes. I, I just did a quick Google search to confirm, and that is exactly right. That's Ph- amazing. Phospholipid bilayer is one of those things that if you can keep it in your head somewhere and then throw it out when you're trying to seem smart, it's really good. So like sometimes <laughs> if someone's like talking about like like how they cooked something or whatever, you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and the phospholipid bilayer, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of sounds like. Something you can throw around. So um, we have that coating, which for one reason or another, probably it benefited us uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe it like made things that we needed to eat that don't taste great, more edible. Yeah. Maybe like, I can do a whole episode looking into what the phospholipid bilayer. That'd be sweet. Not bilayer. Dang it. You got me saying. Gotcha. Maybe I can do a whole episode just looking into the role of the phospholipid layer. Uh-huh coating kind of thing on our tongue and what it does and and what's going on with that but i did not look into that today because i just got so excited yeah. about the well it seems like enough for one anyway mm-hmm. so like there'd be a lot of reasons maybe we have that and it'd be a totally other different story i'll just add it to the list so we have that and the soap just like grease and stuff like that mm-hmm. decimates it mm-hmm. which then leaves us open to the bitter flavors of that are already present in orange juice Yes. And our, our bitter receptors are then like, don't have any protection right. against it. Mm-hmm. So imagine those two things 
I'm thinking I'm saying I'm thinking about this as I'm saying it. Imagine like the like sweetness thing not already happening. Mm-hmm. Also, like if we could separate these two th- these two effects of toothpaste. Yes. And you just have the phospholipid coating gone, then maybe it'd still be sweet, mm-hmm. the orange juice, but it just tastes more bitter also. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, well, this is not as good. But then double whammy, take out a good amount of the sweet, allow in way more bitter, yeah. and you've got yourself some disgusting orange juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually the same orange juice, but it tastes disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I think of it on like a soundboard. You know how you bring one thing up and bring another uh-huh. thing down at the same time. I'm just imagining that happening. Like you bring mm. down the sweet notes and you bring up the bitter notes and then you're just. Ugh. Gosh, that's crazy. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Also. So, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that's the chemistry behind why soap. What? <laughs> why teeth soap. <laughs> so that's the chemistry behind why. Teeth soap makes your orange juice taste bad. Gosh, that is nuts. What I like about it, I think, that is making it more fun than I expected. I like that one thing has to do with the toothpaste kind of like preventing us from tasting something Mm -hmm. about it. The other thing is actually kind of like weirder than I thought because I just didn't think that we would have something that's already kind of keeping us from tasting some bitter flavors. Yeah. So like... We're tasting something, we're, we're missing something from the orange juice, but then now we're also tasting something that we weren't. Right. Clearly that bitterness is already there right. in the orange juice. Mm-hmm. And so our usual experience of orange juice, we're actually tasting it less bitter mm-hmm. than it actually is, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird how it's like just two different things changing. Like that one is already like filtered for us, I guess, right. in a way. Most days, right? Have orange juice. And the listener who suggested this said, uh-huh. "Their guess was, oh, I bet it just inhibits the sweet receptors." And that's a great guess, though. I would not. It have... is a really, it is a really good guess. I was yeah. surprised, but then I had already done the research when they guessed that, uh-huh. and I said, yeah. "It's so much more exciting." Yep. You're like, that's part of the story. That's before the plot twist. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh. I know. It really is like a plot twist. Yeah. I was not expecting it at all. Seriously. It's kind of like, oh, you think you know who did what and who's trying to, you know, exploit who for what. and <laughs> Who's going to be hiding around the corner and who isn't. Yep. Yep. And it's like, psych, you're wrong. Bruce Willis was actually Luke's father the whole time. What? <laughs> I guess that's a response that you expect people to have. Bruce Willis isn't in that show. (laughs) (laughs) Jam is just watching me squirm over here in response to that. Okay. That's it then. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say in response to your Bruce Willis being Luke's father. (laughs) Well, after that really reasonable reference, let's move on to uh, talking about our weeks maybe. Oh, yeah. What was something happy that happened in your week or something you want to share about? I can do mine first if you want. Yes, please. Go for it. This week, I'm not going to share about something happy. So I don't know if that helps you at all. Hmm. I don't know if it does either. But I'm going to share about the fact that it's getting warm again. <gasps> True that. Oh, now I know what mine's going to be. But go ahead. So I am very unhappy when it's hot. I don't know how to describe it, but mm-hmm. when I'm hot, mm-hmm. I'm 
just instantly angry. You know yeah. how some people get hangry for hungry and angry? I get uh-huh. like hangry for hot and angry. I have a different <laughs> hungry. kind of hangry. <laughs> yeah. So I just get so just my temper is so short when I'm in the sun. There are some instances mm-hmm. where it's better than others, but when I'm driving and the sun is on me and the summer sun is different than the winter sun. Mm-hmm. And it's like my arms are like one side of me is really hot because uh-huh. just sitting in the sun. I just am so frustrated instantly. Yeah. So I'm going to share about how I'm sad that the winter is leaving. Right. And I'm unhappy that it's getting warmer and my birthday just passed. Mm-hmm. So basically I have nothing to look forward to again until next fall. When it mm-hmm. starts getting cold again. Right. That's what I'm here for. But at least like this month and and usually like usually March and April are pretty, pretty great. The weather's not terrible. And like there's some, there can be some really awesome days where it's like, yeah, this is what it would be like for there to be warmth that is not hot. Like, I don't want warmth that's not hot. I like it better when it's cool. But. <laughs> well, how about this though too? Like the, the fact that plants come back to life. Like that's always but you fun. you know what else comes back to life is bugs. But not immediately. There are already, it has been warm for one week and there are already those mayflies, mosquito eaters, whatever you call them, Mm -hmm. all over. I walked through our yard and they came up with every step in little bursts. It's over. It's all over for me. There are a few things that are nice about spring. I like rain. I don't like being freezing all the time, Mm -hmm. but I'm just disappointed. I just, every time I go outside and feel it, I know what's coming. And I'm not excited. <laughs> I do like fall the most, so yeah. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But I like fall and spring almost equally. So spring to me, I'm like, I love seeing things come back to life. Mm-hmm. Greenness. I love when you yep. know trees and stuff like that bloom. There's like a little period of time, kind of like how fall is here. Like mm-hmm. fall is colorful for just like a little while here. Mm-hmm. And then it's like drab and dreary again. Um, and then spring is like that too. It's like everything's like bursting with color for a little while. And I like that part. Well, that's lovely. I guess I should be a little bit less of a curmudgeonly old lady and Mm -hmm. hating the spring and think of it that way. But it's just hard for me to not know how hot it's going to get in the blink of an eye. That was a good read between the lines that you did there. (laughs) Okay, I've got my thing. It's kind of related to the warmth. So here's something I like about the seasons changing. I like change, I think, to some degree, especially if you can anticipate it. If it's a curveball, not always great. Um Unless it's like, surprise, you just won the lottery. So <laughs> I I like that it's getting warmer because, so at our house, I'm chief coffeeologist. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no. and so this time of year is the time to move back into some cold coffee options. Ooh, I do like cold coffee options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't actually like cold coffee more than hot coffee. Hot coffee is still my main thing. It's still like my first love when it comes to coffee. Mm-hmm. But I like cold coffee. In recent years, I've like kind of figured out what things I like about cold coffee. And mm-hmm. last year, I started really working on my cold brew recipe. And so we just last week started doing cold brew again at the house. Oh, yes. And it's a lot of fun. I've got some ideas, ways I want to kind of tweak the recipe a little bit and other things I want to explore. And I really, really, really have a lot of fun with that. What's tough though too, it's kind of like... With regular hot coffee, I brew one cup at a time. So if I want to try something new, I try it here in a couple hours when I make the next cup. Mm -hmm. With cold brew, you make a lot at once. And so Mm. I get about six or seven days of time to 
plot and <laughs> and ploy and think and scheme about the next batch and what I'm going to do differently, if anything. Mm-hmm. And I get excited about, I think just that having that rhythm is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a bummer if like a batch goes wrong because then you've got like a lot of it. Yeah. And you you wasted like effort and then you had to wait for like 16 hours to find out that it wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> that does suck. But in general, it's been really exciting and I like it a lot and it's fun to, to kind of be like, oh yeah, cold brew again. Like yeah. I haven't had this in a while. So right. it's really fun. And our cold brew is very good. Think your cold brew recipe is better than mine? Then you're wrong. Well, I don't know about that, but I will say I have this cool cold brew pitcher that mm-hmm. has coffee grounds that you put down in it, and you pour water over it, and you let it steep. And mm-hmm. I do the same thing every time. I think it's three fourths a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I know you're supposed to wait if you're fancy, fill up to the four cup line of mm-hmm. the pitcher, and it is always very good. Mm-hmm. I'm always so excited. And I put agave in my cold and hot coffee, so mm-hmm. the agave dissolves really well in there. Yeah, I love it. I'm looking forward to it. That is one thing I'm excited about. And it says my last name on it because Mm -hmm. my brother sold them for a period. I have one of those still. You have one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you brew now on a much bigger scale. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in having a Kalini coffee brew, you might, you might ask, ask my brother about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he still has them. It really is my favorite. And I know someone who brews tea in it all the time too. I wish I had two. Yeah. So I could have it on rotation. That's a really good idea. Dang. Have one in, take the other out, you mm-hmm. know, keep one brewing while the other one's going. Because my one complaint, similar to your complaint, mm-hmm. is that it's not big enough. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it doesn't make the volume that I want. Yeah, especially with, if you have four um, cold brew drinkers in the house, then it's like, it's going to go too fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, you made me excited about one thing for summer is my cold brew. I am going to bust that back out. Gotcha. The nice thing about coffee is it doesn't really taste weirder right after you brush your teeth. Right. So thanks for coming and learning about why orange juice is weird, even though coffee's not. Coffee is so much better than orange juice. I agree. Um, Anytime. (laughs) Is that what I said? And thanks to all you listeners for also coming to learn about orange juice. juice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Thanks, listeners, for coming to learn about orange juice and coffee and how we feel about the upcoming season. Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life, but we want to hear from you. So if you have questions or ideas, you can reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Chem for Your Life, that's Chem, F-O-R, Your Life, to share your thoughts and ideas. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and if you really like it, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people, and it can help us make some changes. If you write a review and you have some ideas or something, um, let us know. It really is helpful. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash chem for your life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Hefner, who reviewed this episode. 